Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over last weekend's action in the All County Football League, uh, Division 1, 2, and 3 in Cavan, and looking ahead to this weekend's um, action, which is the second last round of the league. It's getting very close to a squeaky bum time where the playoffs for uh, relegation will will be decided or the positions for playoff for relegation in two divisions and the promotion spots in three divisions or the playoffs the semi-finals for promotion spots will be um taking place so but before that i want to bring your attention to very briefly um stuff that we have over on our diehard service on we are cavan just in case you you haven't um been tuning into it or you haven't uh, listened to it we've we've the cabin live service which is for three euro a month this week's show is martin tormy he's from Knockbride. he's the ceo of good buddies or good buddy stockbrokers um as some people will know but um sat down and had a really good conversation with him and um, talking about more about general life than than stockbroking or anything of of that end but a really good cabin lives podcast and um, we also have on the diehard service if you haven't heard it already the martin McHugh interview was up last week an absolutely intriguing interview if you're into your football if you can remember 97 or heard anything about 97 it's one you you must listen into and um, we also had the ladies podcast where after last weekend's ladies football action, I caught up with the Cavan manager, Jerry Moan, um, and I also caught up with the Cavan Camogie manager, Philip Brady, looking ahead to this weekend's action against Mayo, both sides taking on Mayo this weekend. The Sligo preview is up on the Patreon diehard service, which has interviews with the Sligo manager, Tony McEntee and Mickey Graham. And then we've our, as usual, our talking points, our rants and our, the odd disagreement, Paul Fitzpatrick, who joins me as always. We we like a little bit of a disagreement, but but we never get black eyes from them. Well, we sometimes do, Damien. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I always have to check myself if I'm agreeing with you too often because I know I'm definitely beating beating up the wrong path there. <laughs> it doesn't go down too well, but you get all those on the diehard service. Five euro a month, you couldn't get better value. That's over on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan um, and loads, loads more. The whole back catalogue is there. So over 450 interviews or, or podcasts at this stage over on that service. So uh, well worth it for a five euro a month. But look, at, we'll get stuck into the, the results from last weekend and myself and Paul Fitzpatrick got bored with competing with each other so one of our listeners introduced the coin the coin is doing quite well um considering that it's an inanimate object and and we're meant to know a little thing about football but if you're taking in terms of percentages I'd say we're 
maybe 20% better than a coin, which really doesn't sound that good, does it? Yeah, well, you know what? Um, I had a decent week last week and you had a decent enough week too. Um, but only for that, I think the coin... With the with the what the coin got last week, which was fifty percent, nine out of eighteen games. I think the coin would have been doing pretty well some weeks with fifty percent. Um coin actually did well in division three last week, um, but had a poor week in division one and division two. So this is basically this guy is tossing a coin and you can't have a draw, obviously, when you're tossing a coin. Uh, and he's trying to see will will a totally random flip of a coin be better than us. So um he said what well, he texted me, he says you definitely definitely respond well to pressure. Your prediction success rate has jumped 30 to 40% in the past two weeks. <laughs> You're at 77% this week, Damien at 66%, and the coin with a respectable 50%. When the hard questions were asked, you responded. I have to respect that, and I am forced to admit that the coin can't keep pace. Anyway, I'm away to buy some humble pie a euro's worth. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely love it. Okay, we'll start off in the Rover Energy All County Football League Division One last Friday evening, this day last week. It was Crushlaw hosting Killigarry. Um, and Crushlaw came away with a comfortable vin- victory here, 214 to 12 points. Dara love it kind of stealing the show a little bit for Killigarry, but uh Crushlaw, great spread of scores. Big thing for me on this one. I, I heard a few Crushlaw people talking about, you know, what a big loss. Certain players were last year. To me, there was no player as big a loss as Adrian Smith. He was phenomenal to watch. I thought he had an excellent game. Yeah, no, he was a massive loss from last year. Yeah, like he's not a county player, so he probably doesn't get the limelight because there's so many in the Crushlaw team that have played uh, with the county at all levels. But he he's an excellent player. He was a key player when they won the championship. So um, he missed out nearly all of last season. So it was a huge help to have have Adrian back. Adrian Tomo is the call him. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great, great win for um, Chris Law. There good performances as well from um, the other two men on the full forward line, Pierce Smith at full forward and Oren Rehill. So uh, a, lot, a lot of quality to watch out for there on that Chris Law side and, and still far, far from full strength, as were Killigarry, still with a bit of, of growing to do. Um, second game then was on Saturday evening, Gauna hosting Kingscourt Stars. Gauna coming away with a one-point victory here. One goal in 12 uh, to two goals in eight. We both went for Crush Lot. We both went for Gauna. So it's two from two early doors here. And this was Jordan Morris's first game for Kingscourt Stars. Um, but Gauna kind of welcomed him to Cavan as only Gauna can do. Yeah, well, it's probably as far, almost as far away as you can go from, from Kingscourt. Um, so he, he, he probably had to... Well, he maybe he's used to going up to the Shockland place like that when he was playing with Narborough, but it's a long spin from Garden to Kingscourt. It's probably the fourest game in Division One of the All County Football League. So, long spin on his debut. Only scored a point on the evening, but he made up for that against Cavan Gales then in midweek where he scored two goals. Um, so yeah. it's going to look. It's going to definitely add add a, a few quid into the the coffers at the gate wherever he plays. People are going to be very intrigued to see this new uh, tremendous player that King sort of picked up. He is an exciting player. I went to watch Gales and Kingscourt the other night, and we'll talk about that on next week's show when we're, we're looking back over the Alcarty Football League, but very exciting player to watch, definitely. Um, okay, so to make a three from three, we both backed Calvin Gales to get the better of Lacken. They won at 15 points to one goal and nine, so two wins in, in a week for Calvin Gales. Jason Riley's side are starting to, starting to pick up the victories here. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about this game, Damien. Um they generally do have the upper hand on, on Lacken, as we talked about last week, even though Lacken 
can always pull it up to them, but uh, generally the guys do get the job done. So it's no major upset there. Three from three, we'll take that. Yeah. Um, another important game in terms of the standings on the table um, with two games remaining, Killing Care against Castle Rahan, a home game for Killing Care, but Castle Rahan um, hit the back of the net twice, as did Killing Care, but they hit 12 points along with them to Killing Care's eight. So it was a really good away win for Castle Rahan and Killing Care now, they need to pick up more points before the end of the league to uh, to avoid that relegation playoff. Yeah, it's, do you know what? I'm calling it now. Cats are, are, are going to be right there among the favourites for the Intermediate Championship because there's a, there's kind of talk out there that Cats are in major decline. Um, they have declined, but I think they sort of declined ahead of the curve and they're, they're uh, probably still as good as a lot of the teams in the senior, to be fair. Like it was so sudden that it was nearly too bad to be true last season. Like you don't go from finals every year and then extra time in a semi final to being relegated. No team declines that much in one year. It's just a sort of a freak year. Throw in the mix the fact that they've lost four of the best players in their history, like um, in recent years with Mackie Flanagan, uh, Paul Lukey, and Sean Brady. Talk is that Sean Brady might be coming back. Um, but I was actually, I was at this game, talk about it briefly. The conditions were very difficult. There was a very strong wind. Uh, I was taking shelter behind one of those big oak trees up along the avenue in Killing Care. And with whatever way the wind was coming in, there was no side of the tree where you could get shelter. It was actually swirling around it. And then the rain started in the second half just to really compound the misery. So it was difficult for players to stand out. But I thought Emma Fitzsimons was excellent for Killing Care. Um, Paul Cusick in a sweeper role as well. is very good for Cass Ryan. Defences were on top. Uh, other than that, Oshin O'Connell with a few moments of magic. He scored a brilliant goal. His first goal, um, was his first goal? I'm not sure. So it's a week ago now. I think it was his first goal was well taken. His second goal was was magic. It was floated into the top corner. Um, and Jake Norris could do nothing about it. Uh, and on the other end, then Emma Fitzsimons conjured a goal from nothing from 25 metres, buried it. Um, but just very quickly on, on Casaran, I was trying to figure out what their, their championship team would be when it comes to it. And we've become we've been a championship obviously in a few weeks' time. They still have a team potentially with with the likes of uh Kieran Daly and Goals, Owen McCall, Fergal Riley, Ewan Henry. Endo O'Connell has an injury at the minute, but Endo's gonna go in there somewhere if he gets back fit. Gavin Daly, um, Paul Cusick, Sean Oak McGarty, Cormac Daly, and David Ritt, Park McCarran, Cooney. Sorry, Cooney's got to go in there too. Yeah, of course he starts. He came on against Killing Care, like he's coming back to fitness. Yeah, definitely. Well, forgetting one of their best players there. Who does um, he have at fullback? Sorry, I had fair variety of fullbacks. That's where he's played in this league. Um, they've got a half forward line of McGarren and the Flanagan and Carl Cosgrove. Carl is in America, I think, at the minute. Then you've got Oshin Kiernan. Uh, I'm just squeezing him in the full forward line. So I don't know where they're going to play. Uh, Oshin O'Connell and Keen McCabe. You've possibly got Sean Brady in reserve, possibly Endo O'Connell if he's not if he's not fully fit. Um, you've got Shane Riley as well to come in there. So like it, it's a it's actually it's a very strong team for intermediate. So the reports of Castran's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that anybody has well, I, I haven't heard anybody report anything further than their demise, as in that they were they were they were always gonna I don't think anybody expected them not to be in the top two or three of intermediate once they got relegated 
I don't know. I've heard, I have heard a lot of people saying that they're, they, they've declined and that they won't necessarily... Because they're going to intermediate. Yeah, yeah, but but that they're finished. Like, And I've heard it said, oh, they'll be junior before they're senior. A couple of people have said that to me. Um, yeah. it, I mean, it could happen, but I think they're going to be a massive, massive handful in intermediate this year. Now, if they weren't to get out of intermediate in a year or two, uh, then then you might see, because some of the lads are, are for, have been there a long time, but... Uh, I think starting off, you've got to say that Casaran are starting as champ- as favourites for the intermediate championship now. Now I'm not just saying based on one win over Killing Care, but just having seen them uh, up close, even though it wasn't a vintage performance or anything like that, conditions were tough. I just thought, geez, there's still a lot of quality there. Like David Ritt made some big plays in the second half when they were needed. Um, and the Flanagan only came on in the game. Stephen Cooney only came on in the game, did well. Um, like there's loads of quality. I, I like Ian McCabe as well. I think he's full of skill and very good forward. I'm only picking up now on, on, on the team you named or the potential team. Your halfback line again was? The halfback line I have put down here, and I, really I was just trying to get 15 names down and put a rough shape on it. But I've gone with Gavin Daly, Paul Cusick and Sean O'Connorty. Um, yeah. Chances are you might see Endo O'Connell in, in the mix there somewhere. Maybe Ushin Cairn goes back, centre halfback, something like that. But I'm just trying to get to list out essentially what the first 15 might be. And I think it compares favourably with Anyone else in intermediate? Do you? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I I tell you what, there's there's like Shercock have a damn good first fifteen. I think Shercock are are going to be a really good first fifteen. Bally Hayes have a really good first fifteen. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, there's there, there's a lot of good teams in that intermediate. It's by no means a gimme, but whether they start as favourites or not, it'll be close between probably those three teams you'd have to say as mm. favourites and yeah I'd probably agree with you maybe Castron might just get the nod ahead of Bally Hayes and, and Cullen's going to be up there too like you'd imagine but their form has to change mm. their, their, now, their fortune has to change I suppose getting players all back from injury and everything but um, yeah you'd imagine they'll be they'll be there too and Killing Care can't be too far away either um, you know they're, they're, I, I was disappointed with Killing Care on the evening but they were missing a few lads and uh, Peter McCabe didn't play. Peter he? didn't play. Um, but I mean, they've lots, they've lots of quality. Yeah, they have lots of quality. They're athletic. They don't know if they've as much pace as they had a couple of years ago uh, in the team. A couple of years ago, they were absolute flyers. Um, but they have brought through a good few young lads there as well. Like they've quite a few new lads in there since the the team that would have been playing the intermediate finals and stuff like that five or six years ago. Like off the top of my head, like Jake Norris is in the goals now. Even though um, Brian Clark was was. Brilliant the last few years, but Jake is a young man coming up. And then they've brought in, I think, his end of trainer, cornerback, middle of the field. You've got Kieran Flynn and James Farley the last day. Um, Sweeney at wing back. You've got Nick yeah. Wade. You've got Keen McGovern. McGovern. Yeah. Keen McGovern's a really, a really uh, talented player as well. Like, so they, they have brought in a lot of young lads. So there's, it's they're a little bit in transition, but. What, what, what I even forget is that. Back in 2016, when, when they made that intermediate final, Emmett Fitzsimons was only 24, maybe 23, 24. Kevin McCabe, um, you know, Gary Denning, lads, lads like that that were really instrumental to the team. Peter McCabe, they were in their mid to early 20s, you know, that, that sort of bracket. So they're now in their late 20s to you know, maybe 30 years of age, but so they're, they're still at the peak of their, of their powers. And 
I, I think there's probably a bit more to come from killing care. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't rule them out of the race. Flat the no, league. no, no, absolutely not. No. Yeah. Um, okay. Unfortunately, we both made the mistake though of going for killing care and and doubting Castle Rahan. So maybe their demise was being uh, reported by us. <laughs> yeah, well, the Castle Rahan people listening to this might go. That gobshite. <laughs> if just lose last week and this week we're the intermediate champions in waiting. But uh, yeah, that's the nature of the business, lads. <laughs> that's exactly it. Okay. Um, f- fifth game was Coothill hosting Rammer United. Rammer coming away 213 to Coothill, six points. Um, Coothill, they're, they're, they're going to be in the relegation playoff anyway. That's, um, th- that's pretty, I think it's guaranteed at this stage, looking at the table. Just very briefly, yeah, they've only one point, so they can't get above six with two games to go. Um, so they're going to be in the relegation playoff. And Rammer getting on to top spot or holding on to top spot, um, but they'll have a, a nice big juicy class coming up in the next week or so. But um, yeah, Rammer. You, yeah. Sorry, David, to cut, cut across you. Here's an interesting stat for you: ten league games, Rammer have won ten out of ten. Phenomenally consistent stuff out of them. I know they've nobody. Uh, on the county panel apart from Liam Brady at the minute um, but how many clean sheets have they kept in their 10 games um, Killing Care scored goals on them I think Gowna scored goals didn't they um, I'm just thinking of the games that I've seen I don't know I'm going to guess out of 10 they might have kept 4 8 clean sheets they've, they've conceded 1 goal against Calvin Gales and 3 against Killing Care and other than that, they haven't conceded a goal in this league. They've only conceded four goals in the 10 games. And three of those came against Killing Care. So, defensively, they've been rock, rock solid. Um, at the other end of the field, they've scored 17 goals. There's only one game where they didn't get a goal, which was the Gowna game. So, Rammer looking very, very strong at the minute. And have lads to come back as well. Um, a good few injuries at the minute. So, Rammer going really well. I think they've they've hit the ground running. First, could Hill, on the other hand, how many clean sheets have they kept? Huh. I don't know, two. Zip, zip. Zip. Zero clean sheets for Cadill. So it's easy to see where a lot of problems are coming from. Um, five games they conceded a goal, three games they conceded two, one they conceded three, and one they conceded four. So Cadill leaking goals um, and Rammer scoring plenty and not leaking any goals, really. So uh, you can see the difference between top and bottom there very clearly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's... it's um... When you're conceding goals, you're 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 really really restricting your chance of winning. So, uh, for Coothill, but I, I I suppose for Coothill, we mentioned a few there to be competitive for intermediate. They have a bit of work to do to put themselves into that top bracket, though, to say that they're going to be competitive or 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 you know that they're going to be in the in the the running for the intermediate championship. Mm. They're, in, they're very much in transition like yeah. they're, they're the definition of a team in transition there at the minute because there's so many young fellas coming in and re- replacing so many older lads there's probably a, there's a few older lads but over the over around the whole team there's probably a deficit of experience there I'd say and you know they've conceded 200 points which I think is probably one of it's definitely one of the highest it's a, it's possibly the highest in, in the whole three divisions like looking through it um, I don't think anyone that's really coming close in the top two divisions uh, in Division 3 and imagine at the bottom of Division 3 you've got teams uh, well the Maher have conceded 206 so like, they're the second worst defensive record in the three divisions so that tells you a lot yeah unfortunately a bit of, bit of improvement to, to come for Coothill um, final game then was Ballyhays hosting Larry United 
Uh, we had both gone for Rammer, obviously, on, on that last one. And Ballyhays, we both went for, and they didn't let us down. One goal and 15 points to two goals and nine. So um, Damien Keeney's side are, are continuing to show that they can hold their own with the best in Division One in the league. Mm, that's very hard to stop that Ballyhays attack. Only two defences have managed to stop them scoring a goal. That's Ballyhays and Calvin Gales. Um, now, they've scored 18 goals. Um, but six of those came against Crusher Loss was slightly skewed in a in a small sample of the eight games where they scored goals. Um you know, in the other seven they've scored twelve, but they have they have hit the net eighteen times in this league. So Valley is going really, really well. Yeah, yeah, outstanding uh, stuff for them. So it means that in division one we both got five of the results right because we didn't differ on any of our, our calls, just killing care, letting us down um by their defeat to Castle Ryan. So it means at the top end of the table, Rammer United are sitting top 10 wins from their 10 games on 20 points. Crushlaw, nine wins from 10 games on 18 points. Ballyhays, eight wins and a draw from their 10 games gives them 17 points. And then it's a battle for fourth spot. Cavan Gales have 13 points at the minute. That's after their, their victory against Kingscourt um, on Wednesday night. Gowna have... 11 points with the same number of games, 10 games played. And then you have Balignac with 10 points for 10 games. Castle Rahan with nine points for their 10 games. So um, Castle Rahan just still technically in the hunt, but they need Gauna and Balignac and Calvin Gales to drop the points um, and them to pick up two wins in the last two games for them to get themselves into the the promotion playoff spot or the semi-final of the league down at the bottom end. It's Coot Hill with one point from their 10 games. Killigary have five points from their 10 games. Lara and Lacken with six points from 10 games for Lacken, but 11 games for Lara. Lacken obviously playing Killing Care this weekend. Um, and that's a, that's a massive one for Lacken because it can mean, it can push them to leapfrog, leap, leapfrog Killing Care um, on the table with that win if they can manage to get a home win this weekend but we'll we'll keep an eye on that when we come to our predictions a little bit later on okay into division two then um starting off with the uh, wilton west all county football league division two results from last weekend um sunday evening i think was the first of them yeah sunday evening or sunday afternoon um sorry saturday afternoon not bride were hosting drum lane you went for Knockbride on this one. I went for the draw. Knockbride came away with a comfortable enough victory. Two goals and 13 points to one goal and six. Um, the only things I did hear on this is Drumlane are just decimated at the minute. It, it, it's almost like the same, I was told it was the same situation as happened them early doors in the championship last year with, with the number of injuries they're facing. Yeah, well, certainly I didn't know that, but the form has fallen off the cliff in fairness. Um and that that kind of that maybe explains it because they were they were flying out of the blocks, but the last few weeks they really have, have lost a form something serious. It's it's one of those situations that if it is bodies missing, while you, you can cling on to that and, and, and definitely it can it can keep the I suppose the extent of the death or the the uh, the, the losses, the extent of it at bay a little bit. You don't want it to creep in too far. You don't want it to get in that you're non-competitive with, without your key players. So whatever whatever players are missing for Drumlane at the minute, they want to pick up a, a win or at least keep a, 
a, a closer result because the, the last few games has been they've, they've suffered a few heavy defeats in their last few games. So they'll be looking to try to uh, rectify that as they as they continue to progress and push for a semi final spot. But a good win for an upright, a good home win for an upright, um, to to get them back on track. Baileyborough were hosting Cornerfane. We both went for Cornerfane on this one, but Baileyborough banged in two goals and 11 points to beat Cornerfane's 13 points. So that's a really good win for Baileyborough. It's a great win for Baileyborough. They're starting to find their, their form again. Um, like they were struggling along. We were, we were starting to wonder what was what was up with Baileyborough. Whereas Cornerfane, we were kind of high on Cornerfane at one stage. They were up at the top of the table. They were unbeaten. But if you actually look at it, they've only won three of their last nine games now. Like they they have started to drop points as it has gone on. They've lost their, their win of momentum. They're a good run in the middle part of the league, reasonably good. But like of their last nine games, lost to Mullerhorn, drew at Bally McHugh, drew at Arva, beat Cahollins, beat Torbert, lost to Lavi, beat from Lane, lost an upright and lost to Bailborough. So mm. they've got three wins out of the nine, I think that is, yeah. Which is you know, it's fallen off a bit. Um Wins have got harder to come by because at one stage it looked like uh, the Reds were in pole position to go up, but mid table really now at the minute five wins, four losses, and two draws um, leaves them in eighth place out of, out of the 14 teams. So I uh, look, they're, they're looking up and not down, I think, unless someone catches them in the last uh, couple of rounds, two rounds to go in that division. But and it's still reasonably tight, they could still make a semi final. It's like there's only from second, it's amazing. From second place down to eleventh, there's only four points in it in Division Two. It's it's ridiculously tight that Division Two. Mm. Yeah, you could, the next two rounds are going to be absolutely blockbusters in that division because really anything could happen. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I'd love to actually look back on it. I wonder can can I do it? But how many different teams have been top of that Division Two? You know, we we we've had a lot of different teams have have held top spot at different sp- spaces in the season. So yeah. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, Butler's Bridge were hosting Lavi but Lavi came away with the victory here 11 points and a goal to Butler's Bridge 17 points to Lavi so um, once again Lavi smelled the championship is coming and the form is starting to turn and they're, they're just getting better you went for a Lavi win here I went for the draw remind me never to go for a draw again that's two draws I've predicted and I've lost on both of them no problem I'm sure you will remind me yeah <laughs> Shercock hosting Beltorbet. Um, we predicted that this would be a, a close encounter. 12 points to Shercock, 11 points to Beltorbet. Um, you went for Beltorbet, I went for Shercock on it. It was a toss of a coin, really, in this one, but um, it just landed on, on the home victory for Shercock. Yeah, Shercock up to sixth in the table, but Beltorbet, I'll hit you with a stat here, Damien. I love a good stat. Torbett have uh, scored a hundred, conceded only 127 points. So I think, I think that leaves them. It leaves them with the second best defense. I think in the three divisions after Rammer, which is an incredible, uh, incredibly yeah. good, good going. Um, sorry, uh, no, they're not the second best. They're fifth best but they're, they're the second best in the top two divisions. Then you've got Templeport, uh, Drummolee, and they're narrowly ahead of Drummolee. They've only conceded two points more, and Montreal Connacht, they've conceded five points more. So their defence 
is totally outperforming their league position at the minute. But the problem is up front. Um, only seven teams in the three divisions have scored less than Baltorbet, which is it's astonishing because they're sitting there in eighth place. They're only two points off second. Uh, or sorry, no, they're ninth place. Sorry, they're three points off, off second. But it's astonishing to think that they're, they've got such a good defence. Their defensive record is exceptional and there's only those seven teams that have scored less in the whole county. And that's Goodhill, then Bally McHugh, and then the bottom four in Division 3. And there's a gap to the bottom four in Division 3. Corla, Shanagales, Kiligary, second team, and Mahara. Um, so I, I think it's extraordinary that Baltorbet have such a good defence and, and such a, a low-scoring attack at the minute. It is. And yet you'd, you'd, you'd have to say, if you take Enda Henry out of it, you'd question where the score is going to come from otherwise. And therefore, it probably is the right way to set Torbett up is to be hard to beat and rely on Enda Henry to, to to kick enough to win the game for you. Mm. Um, you know, but it's, yeah, it's a difficult one at the minute because again, they're a team that, that are definitely in transition. There's a couple of good young players coming through in the next three, four years for Torbett and, and what they really, really want to do is hold on to that intermediate status and, and stay in that battle so um and stay around division two and, and they're they're fighting for their lives in fairness to them. But if you look at the tallies that Batorbert have conceded in games like it's actually they're tight. extraordinarily tight at the back. They conceded eight points to Mullahorn, uh one ten to Bally McHugh, ten points to Arva. Okay, Goalins put three five on them. Eight points against Tremaine. Yeah, like. yeah eight points against Tremaine, two nine against Cornerfane, which is a bad day uh, at the office for Torbett by their standards, ten points against Upbride, one seven against Bailiver, one six against Butler's Bridge, twelve points against Shercock. So it's easy to see that they're extremely hard to score against, but they're just not scoring enough at the other end. So they're going to have to get more scores if they're going to make an impact in the championship. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in terms of the number of scores conceded, Shercock have scored the most. I know the the the, the two nine or two seven. Um, you know, w- would be ahead of it, but there, yeah, I, I think, I think the the problem may arise when it comes to summer and the ground gets a bit harder and the the pace is a bit faster. Will I mean defense work in in the open spaces with a dry ball? It's I don't know. I think we're we're heading for July now. Like, um, there's been a lot of football playing now since since May through June. Like, I don't think we're playing. I don't think we can make the argument that it's been played on heavy pitches. No, we had a good bit of rain, all right, but quite a bit of rain. Yeah, we've had a lot of rain, so it's not. It's definitely not played on dry pitches. I know, but we can't really sit here on, on the seventeenth of June and say, "Well, things might change when the summer comes around," because you know, <laughs> in, all, in all fairness, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'll concede that argument. To you. Yes, yeah. Mark, mark the moment in the podcast where you concede it. <laughs> Okay, before you before you get too excited, Cuhullins, um playing Drum Goon. I went for Drum Goon for the home win here. You went for Cuhullins wisely, two thirteen. Um, am I after skipping any? No, two thirteen to um eleven points in favor of Cuhullins. So maybe Cuhullins have turned the corner. Did you get any details on this one? Didn't hear anything with this game, Damien. But yeah, Cuhullins now they have played a game more. Uh, they've they've twelve games played in the table, so. Slight asterisk beside their their um, position on the table. They're up in twelfth. Like an extra game is huge in this this mm-hmm. cramped uh, top half of the Division Two table. But 
they're up and toward like they're looking pretty strong for a place now in the in the um semi-finals like it's probably in their own hands there if they can they can get the 16 16 should be enough to get you into the semi-finals now that does include their game on Thursday night gone by against Kuhul or against Den where they drew eight points apiece um so there that's where yeah. the game has come from um Arva were traveling to Crosskeys to St. Matthews Park and came away with a victory 113 to 18 so Arva continued their their uh their positive momentum. Yeah, Arva, I think we've been we've been heaping praise on Arva. Um with their forwards. Bill Torba we killed to have a couple of those forwards, I'd imagine, on, on their side. That's no disrespect to Torba, but Arva have a absolute shooting gallery up there. Um they've scored 180 points. They're averaging uh over 17 points a game in the eleven games. So you know they're they're pretty free scoring. When the summer comes around, Arva's gonna be lethal there. It's a dry up. <laughs> okay, Mullahorn in the local derby against Ballabicu got the victory, which put them top of the table. One goal and fifteen to Mullahorn, three goals and five. And talking to a few people who were at this game, I said like, Mullahorn just just were the better side. I think Ender Riley was back um, for them. Gavin Brady playing really well. Obviously, they're still missing their county players: Cormac McGill, Cormac O'Reilly, and Killian the Gunner. Um, but they will have some lads heading away for the summer and that. But the point that was made to me was Mullahorn aren't really playing well, and yet they're still top of the division too. You know, there's something I don't know what it says, but it definitely says something. Yeah, well, look, they know how to win games. Like I know they went. Mullahorn had one horrendous year where they where they barely won a game all year a few years ago, but. Uh, in general, like when you consider that that they they lost the first day out against Bentorba, like so they were kind of starting it on on a on a bad footing, uh, but they picked it up straight away. They picked up three wins in a row early in the competition. Sorry, they picked up four wins uh, straight after that. Then they lost to the Bridge, but they've been consistent enough throughout the throughout the competition. Like they just I don't know, like I think it's just something in Mullaurn. They're able to to squeeze over the line in these games, and they tend to be underrated. Like that's something I've noticed with Mullerhorn that um, people sometimes look at them on paper and think well they mightn't be that great but when it comes to it like, you generally have a good day's work done when you beat them I know that's a bit of a cliche but it always is the way with Mullerhorn generally now they were found out last year at senior championship level but throw them into division 2 it's a difference at kettle of fish mm. is it showing that there's a gap you know at, at senior level there's a bit of a gap between some of the teams nah, it's Possibly is like you've Lavi in there as well, the other senior team, and um, and you've Shercock who played senior for four or five years up until last year as well, uh, and they're not exactly tearing through teams. They're doing well, but they're not exactly tearing it apart. So I don't know. Maybe there is maybe there is a gap. Yeah, but like Mullahorn found it going very tough in senior last year and the year before. Like the year before they won. Um, they won one game out of five, two games out of five, wasn't it, in the senior championship last year? They were well beaten by Garner in the quarterfinal. They haven't been winning that huge amount of games uh, in senior championship in the last couple of years, even though I thought they would after that good run in intermediate. But um, I don't know if it's if it, there is a gap, yeah, but I don't know if that's illustrative of it, Damien, in my opinion. I just think that it's just Mullerhorn kind of slowly grinding the way through it. Mm-hmm. Well, look at they sit on top with 15 points from their 11 games Butler's Bridge are in second with 14 points from their 11 games and as Paul said 
12 games played for Coo Hollins has them on 14 points as well. Then you have on 13 points, Shercock, Drumlane and Arva, all with 11 uh, games played and with 12 points and 11 games played is Lavi and Corner Fane. You'd imagine that those are the sides that will be competing, but I, I still wouldn't rule out Beltorbet um, for a chance to make that semi-final spot, get into the top four. Uh, but there's there's definitely a lot to play for with two games to go for most teams in that division too. It'll be very exciting. Then have uh, two, sorry, 12 games played, but three points on the board. They're definitely in the relegation playoff. Then it's Balamikyu with seven points, Drumgoon with nine points, and then Knockbride and Baileyborough with 10 points. And Bill Torbett with 11 points could be dragged into it. So it's, uh, it's so, so close from from 11th right up to 4th on the table. There's only three points separating the sides there. So relegation and promotion, very, very close to each other at the moment. But it'll be it'll be exciting to see how these last two weeks go. Okay, moving on then to the Kite Powertech All-County Football League Division 3. The results from the weekend. Sorry, I'm actually after flicking onto the fixtures page. The results are, uh, I think we've read Hills was up first. Um, before we get into this one, Paul, I just want to uh, ask you a question, if you don't mind. Yeah. So apparently, I'm I'm being told that at a junior match uh, quite a few years ago over in Stradone for Red Hills, before going out onto the field, you told the boys, and I quote, "Put it on my chest, and I'll do the rest." Jesus Christ! Is, is that true? <laughs> no, I wanted it over my head, actually. <laughs> over your head. Put it on the chest, and I'll do the rest. Uh, I, I might have I might have actually said that because that was that was a phrase that Park Joyce used to say when he was playing with his club. And apparently at his club in Galway, there's a big mural of Park Joyce and it says put it on the chest and I'll do the rest. So I have heard the phrase, so I might have said it jokingly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> jokingly? You sure? you sure? Yeah, I think I think we drew a Lara that day. I remember the game all right. Okay, okay. So it's it's all starting to come back to you now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, anyway, Red Hills got away with the victory. One goal in 10 to one goal in eight against Killigarry. That's that's as close as we've seen Killigarry get to um, a result in a while. And it's it's something's going wrong in Red Hills. He only scored one goal. Yeah. <laughs> Red Hills, though, it's, it's a hell of a run of form. Like, they're, you know, they were started slowly and they really have hit form like is that five or six wins in a row now for it is got them up to fifth they're breathing down the neck of the teams above them Templeport are home and hose uh, in terms of topping the table another an extra game played um, then you've got somebody much Connacht Red Hills are now in joint fourth position um, and what's letting them down is they've conceded quite a bit more than, than Kill but uh, Red Hills are, they've got momentum there now Kill beat them by a goal uh, back on the 26th of March and that, that game is now kind of proven crucial that's what's separating them that's a real four-pointer between those two yeah yeah it is but Red Hills will be will be happy that they've torn the corner and, and, and got as you say positive momentum and scoring scoring quite well um, 110 is, is the lowest they've scored in the last four games so they're they're definitely um, definitely doing alright well looking at the, at the team like you had Paul Martin scoring 1-3 Packy scoring 3 points Um Cormac scored a point, Luke McIntyre got a point, Sean Martin got two points. Torlick Mooney only came on in the game, so um, that might explain uh, why Red Hills didn't score more because he's just a monster at that level. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, Munch Connacht and Mount Nugent, a huge local derby here. Finished one twelve to Munch Connacht, Mount Nugent eleven points. And some information that I was given um, about this after the event was because I had tipped Mount Nugent, you tipped Munch Connacht, was that Mount Nugent can't beat Munch Connacht in Munch Connacht, which I didn't realize that. I, I wish I had been told that before I made my predictions. I didn't know that either. I know Munchak Connacht were when they didn't speak underdogs against Mernugent and knocked them out of the championship a couple of years ago in a quarterfinal. So, um, look, it's a real derby, that one. Be, neither side would have any fear of each other. Endo Shea with a great goal in the first half. That was the key score here. He finished with 1-7. Shane Hanley got two points. Sean Nolan got a point. Stephen Gargan, he's a former Rammer player, I think, that's playing with the Munchies now. He got a point. Uh, so they seem to be in good form there. And the Mernugent team, Craig Mullen with five. He was a top scorer. Uh, ben Brunton, Adam Reid got three. I think Liam Hennessy might be gone on his travels there as well, so he'd be a loss. Um, but yeah, they're two evenly matched sides there. Seem to be, seem to be. Yeah, it's uh, it's bragging rights for much of Connacht with five or four points to to spare on the weekend. Kill Shamrocks continue their good form. You went for Killishandra on this one, who only scored four points. Kill Shamrocks with one goal and eighteen. Um, I got the better of you on this one, so we're we're even in the contest so far. That was a big that was a big shout, Damien. I have to take my hat off to you there because that was one result that surprised me. Now I I give I give um, Kilishander nod, thinking right, you know, form is temporary, blah blah blah. I thought Kilishander might bounce back, but I never saw that kind of a defeat coming. Now they're missing a lot of players, a lot of lads on the team yeah. sheet whose names I don't recognise, uh, and there is quality in that. That kill team as well, like Ben McIntyre with seven points. Um, Mark Moff has come up from the back with two points. Damien O'Brien with six. Um, a lot of good. They've got good legs in the team now. They've got young fellas in there that they were that they needed. Sean Gaffney came on as well. Still quality, Eight but uh, only one player scored for Killeshander. That was Dara O'Reilly. Yeah, so right. that's that's a low point now for Killeshander. Like that's that's a real low point for them. I know what you say about that. The funny thing was I spoke to somebody from, from Kilishandra that said that he was worried about where Kilishandra are, are going to go because they're relying on older players, lads that are, you know, in their 30s and maybe late, late 20s to to drag them through. But they're players that are playing with injuries and not really, you know, playing completely freely. So something's, something's going amiss. And his worry was that, there isn't a conveyor belt or there isn't a lot of players coming through that, that Kilishandra could could suffer poorly mm. in a few years, which is disappointing to see for, for a, a town like Kilishandra. It is, yeah. And especially such a good football town. Like just produced so many class players down through the years. Like um, yeah. but it's it's cyclical like in, in rural Ireland and rural towns have felt the pinch in the last ten years or so. And it's probably only if you think back to the recession years, like from 2008 on, like a lot of those towns declined. And maybe that's only starting to come through now in terms of football. We're seeing maybe less youngsters around and playing and maybe less people around to to um, look after them and maybe less energy, less businesses. A lot of towns have declined from what they were. Like I'm not saying Kilishandra is a bad town, but you know, it's, it's a wider thing than just a, just a football thing with a lot of towns. And Kilishandra aren't alone there. Um, yeah going through a bit of transition so brilliant football town like hopefully they can bounce back from this because there's always they've always had very good teams yeah 
I'd agree. Um, Shannon Gales then hosted Kildallan and came out with the victory. Three goals and 12 to one goal and 11. Good win in the local derby uh, for Shannon Gales. So they'll, um, they'll, they'll take that one. They needed that one. They did, yeah. Well, that's, I suppose that's kind of the thing with the bottom of Division 3. Like, what are Shannon Gales really playing for there at the minute? Mm. I know you're trying to find a bit of form for Championship, but like, they're long, long, long gone from, from the promotion hunt there. So I suppose it's just try to get a bit of confidence, find a bit of form. Um, and they got that win, all right. Kildallan struggling, struggling as well. Like, you know, from from 8th down to 12th, like you have a lot of teams that are in West Cavan in that general area from Kilishandra, Swad, Kildallan, Corda, Shannon Gales, and they're all kind of struggling there at the minute. Yeah, yeah, the... The, the, yeah, the, that Division 3 conundrum actually does slightly annoy me uh, and, and always has. Is And even down to the point now that I see Kildallan have conceded the game to Templeport this weekend, which is, you know, if if there was relegation playoffs out of that, they wouldn't be conceding that game. But now they're looking at it and saying, oh, we've played all of our games so far and we don't need to play this. Now, look, maybe there's more reason than that to it, but I just... I I I I think you need a trap door to keep uh, a league competitive. I think you need relegation to keep any league competitive. Well, there's a real gap emerging in that division. Like, like we we've, we're we're seeing it there. Templeport far and away the best team in the division, I would say, and they proved that against Drummond at the weekend. And you yeah. have four or five, maybe six teams, and after that, there's a fair drop off. Like Kilishander do have ten points on the board, but when you see them losing so heavily to to kill at the minute they're not in great shape at the minute and from there on there and um you know there's teams that's losing from 10th down like teams that have lost eight eight nine ten ten um you know they're struggling they are struggling to win games so there seems to be at the county board did try to bring in a shield in the junior championship one time but it wasn't really well received i don't know about bringing in relegation in in junior either like you know do you consign clubs to junior b football What's the what's the purpose of that, or what would you be hoping to get out of that? Well, for me, it would again, and it goes back to how long can you continue to to train and be in competition? The longer you can do that, the better you're going to improve. Um, and therefore, what what's happened at that bottom end now is that they look at maybe they've won eye on championship, but if you won eye on championship, you're playing every game you can, you're playing the best teams you can possibly play, and you're you're preparing to sharpen the blades um, ahead of the championship in four weeks' time, but it, it doesn't look like the teams at that bottom end are are, are doing that. That they're that they're sharpening the blades ahead of championship. So it, there's something I think you need to you need to have the competition running deeper and a meaningful competition. So I know from talking with Sean McAvoy, he was telling me in the north the way they do the soccer um, is that at a particular point in the season they split the division up into two and then you've got like a subdivision. So you've, you've the, the top half of the division going for the promotion. You've got the winners looking or the, the, the bottom half of the division looking to, um, looking to win the, we say division two B or division three B. Um, and then obviously stay in the division because there is relegation in, in that term, but I don't know something just to add a little bit more competition because Concession. I don't, I don't know. I, I I think there's a sense there of moving the deck chairs on the Titanic. Like 
Like what we're seeing there is a trend, as I said, that it's the clubs. It's put it this way: I know Kilishander, you are veering over towards West Cavan there, um, but it's a lot of clubs in the same geographical area. I don't think they're necessarily badly run clubs, or they don't produce good footballers. I think numbers are the issue. Maybe consigning them to Junior B, maybe it would help. Maybe something we haven't tried consigning some of those clubs to Junior B, but. You know, the Mara thing seems have. to be a different issue altogether. I don't know. I think I do think the county board uh, should be proactively addressing that. And I know that at youth level that they probably are like, but I don't know. I think some of those clubs probably need a bit of a helping hand because it's very difficult. Like, you know, it's not, it's not just num- loan. People say we're short on numbers, but that also applies to committees and volunteers and everything else. And that's where the county board can probably assist because it's not just players. They might have just don't have the manpower to utilize the talent that you do have. So it's 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 just a difficult one, and it's it's hard to see it improving for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, it is. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over fifty years. A family-owned and family-run business. Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Indeed. Um, okay, final uh, fixture from the weekend was Drummer Heading down to Bombay to take on Templeport to finish Drumley nine points, Templeport three goals in 16. It was close up until I think the, the last 15, 20 minutes of the game, and then Templeport just pulled away as they've done in so many games uh, lately. This Templeport side are, are showing, as you said already, they're a cut above Division Three, really. Yeah, I think they're going to be big players in this intermediate championship. I know I forgot to mention them earlier on. But they're right, they are up right up there among the contenders. Uh, I think they showed that last year. And they're doing what a strong intermediate team should be doing in that Division 3, which is absolutely tearing through it. Mm. Like that's, that's an impressive win because Drummley were well-organised, motivated, fit, and looking very good. And they just put them to the sword there in the closing stages. Like, um, you know, they were able to bring on Owen McCarthy in that game. You're right in saying, yeah, he came on and got a goal. Like so much firepower there. Owen Doonan, one five, Nisha McKenna, Connor Galligan, Owen Martin, Liam Galligan, Dylan Raythorn, like very solid at the back too, with Sean Dolan there at number three. Uh, McAweeney, James Rodden, who's an absolute flyer up in there in the wing, Gavin Donahue in the middle of the field. Look, Temple Porter are reaping a harvest now from what they've done in underage. Like they are doing good work in underage. I remember covering them in a Division 4 minor final, I think it was in Cross Keys against Cahollins a couple of years ago. I can't even remember if they won that. But even though it was Division 4, they were keeping the team together. They were flying under their own flag. And that was bringing through players. like, And that's what's left them now with a strong panel. Uh, so I think Temple Port are an absolute example to a lot of clubs. Mm, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. They've definitely they've made the most of what they have. And it's... it's well, it's almost like that field of dreams, build it and they'll come. Like they have probably one of the, if not the best, one of the best 
club facilities in the county, two floodlit pitches and the mm. area to, to, to go and kick ball or go for a run or whatever you want to do. Um, good clubhouse and, and a nice stand there and everything. So it, it all shows it's a really well-run club. And with the facilities that they have, they've they've thrived. They've definitely, they're definitely the strongest West Cavan club and and it, it does coincide. I know it's, I know it's from Lane, I suppose you'd have to say Jermaine, but mm-hmm. they're now they're now ranked above Jermaine, like Jermaine are junior and Templeport are senior, you or, or intermediate. And yeah. it looks like Templeport are gonna be intermediate for the future and they're looking upwards. They're looking to try and challenge for an intermediate. Uh, yeah. it's not a thing that they're gonna be just trying to looking over their shoulder and trying to stay in that grade because when they came up and won the junior at that time, they were unlucky to go straight back down. It took them a while to get out of it. But they've, they've sort of belatedly caught up to where they were now, and they're they're ahead of where they were now. So they're kind of they're back, you can say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, there was two games postponed: Swanambar against Drone, and of course the the Corla match was postponed as well, uh, due into the death of young Luke Byrne. Um, just want to offer condolences to all um, in Corla and to the Byrne family on uh, on on the sad passing of. What I understand was was an exceptionally talented young footballer. Um, just going into do his leaving cert this year coming, so he was he was one that was on my radar as Kevin on the twenty manager, and um, very disappointed. Now we don't get to see him, but it's a a horrible tragedy. But um, all our our best wishes and our our prayers go to the Byrne family and to the to the Corla Club. Okay, we'll move on to the prediction time. I'm going to go through these nice and quick for you, Paul, because I know that you, uh, you, you've you spent all your time figuring this out and looking ahead to the weekend's action. I'm li- I am literally going to give you one word, Damon. <clears throat> give me one second until I, I pull out my, my fact sheet and get us going here. Okay, so um, this weekend, where are we going? We have the Kingscourt Cavan Gales game is already done and Killigarry and uh Ballyhays is going to be on Monday night. So we'll start off with Killigarry and Ballyhays. Ballyhays. Okay, I'm going to agree with you. Ballyhays for that one. Um so Friday night it's going to be Castleran hosting Coot Hill. Castleran. Me too. Lacking hosting Killing Care. This is a huge game because, as I said, the winners of this is giving themselves a really good chance of staying in Division One. The losers could be confided to a relegation playoff. Lacking. I'm going to go with Killing Care on this one. I know I went for them last weekend and let me down, but I'm I'm, I'm going to stick fate with them on this one. Um, Rammer United on Saturday. Evening at six o'clock, hosting Crush a lot. This is a classic. This is the top of the table clash. Jimmy Higgins side with the opportunity to end the reigning champions' winning streak. They're now what between quarter final. It must be 13, 14, 15 games. Oh, sorry, Kilku beat them, but in Cavan, there could be what 15, 16 games undefeated. Yeah, they, they weren't defeated last year, were they at all uh, in the championship? Sorry, yeah, they weren't. And they beat Crush a lot by a point the first game. They beat Balanya. Yeah. Beat Balanya again. I think they beat Killing Care. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. They're definitely in the winning habit. Crush a lot scored 23 goals in this league as well, which is which is incredible scoring. Like only once in their games have they scored less than two goals. Like if you look at the goals Crush Love scored, one, 
3-2-3-2-2-2-3-2-3-2. So the way to stop Crush Law, and it's very much easier to say it than, than do it, is that somehow trying to get them to stop scoring goals because they're, they're absolutely goal hungry. But anyway, I said I was going to give one word. But you know what? It's such a big game. I think people will forgive you for going more than one word. Adrian Tomo's pass in for Mark Stewart's goal. I have to I have to give this special mention against Killigarry. It 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 wouldn't have been a 10-meter kick pass, but it was in such a congested area. It was like one of those rugby moves where it, the, the ball's just lobbed over uh, a line of defenders that are ready to put the tackle on Adrian Tomo. And he just dinked it into that little gap, never hit the ground, straight onto Mark Stewart's chest and Stewart was straight in front of Paddy Galligan who had no chance but it was some pass it was joy to watch oh, I'm going to I'm going to call it I'm going to go Rammer yeah I'm going to go Rammer too I was just about I, I still think Crushelaw they've their county players to come back in uh, Paddy Riley still hasn't played they're missing quite a few players and I Shane think McFeedy's going on his travels too would be a big loss he's gone but I think they're swapping one for the other mm. so the two, the, 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 there's a rule in in Cavan. You can't have two McFeeties on the team. <laughs> no, okay. I'm going. I'm going to go with Rammer. I'm going to go with Rammer on this one. I think they'll 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 just hold on to it. Um, Balanya hosting Gauna Saturday evening. Gauna, same as, and then we have. Um, is that us all? Yeah, we'll get in another podcast before next Wednesday because Killing Care are taking on Gauna. Do you want? We'll throw in Killing Care and Gauna. For next Wednesday evening, just in case. Gauna. Double Gauna. Yeah, no butter at all. Okay, into then the, uh, that was the Romar Energy All-County Football League Division 1. Going into the Wilton Waste Recycling All-County Football League Division 2. First game up tonight, Arva against Mullahorn. This is another class game. Arva. I, w- I wouldn't say it's a class game, actually. I won't preempt it, but it's a top of the table sort of. Clash. I think Arv at home. I, I, just Arv at home are so hard to beat. I'll, I'll go with you on that. Drumlane hosting Ballam McHugh. Drumlane. I'm going to test you here now. I, uh, I'm taking a go for the draw. You should. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> um, I'm, I'll differ with you. I'll, I'll give Ballam McHugh the nod just to just to see. I, 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 I'm tempted to go for the draw, so I'll differ with you on it. Lavi hosting Shercock. I think this will be a, a humdinger. Lavi. They've got such good form going at the minute. I'm going to agree with you. Um, Corner Fane hosting Butler's Bridge. Corner Fane. Okay, I'm going to go with Butler's Bridge on that one to, to really just throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Beltorbet hosting uh, Drumgoon. Beltorbet. Me too. And then finally, Knockbride hosting Bailiborough, another local derby. Knockbride. I'm going to go for the draw. I'm a, and I am actually going to go for the draw on this one. I, I, I don't think there'll be a lot between those sides. Um, okay, then on into the Kite Powertech All-County Football League Division 3 starting... Um, this evening, Killigarry hosting Mahara. Killigarry. Um, 
Wait a second now. Just let, <laughs> Hold on there. Give me time because this deserves time. This does deserve time. Are Killigary seniors out tonight? They're out at the same time. Eight o'clock. Oh, no, sorry, they're not, are they? Let me just have a look at this um, before I double check on this Thursday evening. Monday, no. Uh, yeah, gosh, I'd have actually gone for Mahara if the Killigary seniors were playing at the same time, but I'm not going to go for it now. Um, I think Killigary would put out a stronger team, which is, yeah, a little bit unfair. I have to say, have to call. Um, okay, Drummolly against Corla is postponed. Um, Kilishandra hosting Shannon Gales. Shannon Gales. Yeah, I have to go for it as well. Um, Mount Nugent are hosting Kill Shamrocks. This will be very interesting. Barry Crow um, and and um, Doc heading back over to Mount Nugent. And, and the boys in Mount Nugent loved Barry Crow as a manager. So this will be interesting. Barry knows them inside out. Mount Nugent. Okay. I was just about to say, I'm giving you away my secrets and, and you're going to pick... Kill Shamrocks as a result. I'll go for Kill. I think I think they'll get the win on this one. Um, Swan and Bar are hosting Muncher Connacht. A hell of a journey down west for the Munchies. Munchies. Yeah, I think so too. And Red Hills hosting Drung. Big local derby. This was a fiercely contested battle last year. I had to go Red Hills. Yeah. Yeah, just about. Just about on it. Um, although Drung are, are well capable of, of causing the upset there okay that's all we have time for on this week's McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast um, if you want to see, hear our preview of the Cavan Sligo game head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan best of luck to Cavan lads taking on Sligo in that Talchon Cup semi-final best of luck to the Cavan ladies who take on Mayo at the same time in Pierce Park on Sunday afternoon. Um, an awful shame they couldn't separate those fixtures. And to the Camogues who take on Mayo for a place in the semi-final of the All-Ireland Junior Premier um, Championship. So looking forward to all of those. That's on Saturday afternoon, four o'clock in Westport. Long way over to that one. Uh, Paul, thanks for your time. Thanks, David.